Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 967. Moment or a minute. We made our way out of town, talking as easily as if there had never been a thing between us but sunlight and spring air. I led her to a place I'd found earlier that spring, a small dell sheltered by the backs of trees. A stream meandered past a greystone that lay lengthwise on the ground, and the sun shone on a field of bright daisies stretching their faces to the sky. Denna caught her breath when we crested the ridge and saw the carpet of daisies open out in front of her. I've waited a long time to show these flowers how pretty you are, I said. That won me an enthusiastic embrace and a kiss burning on my cheek. Both were over before I knew they'd begun. Bemused and grinning, I led the way through the daisies to the greystone near the stream. I removed my shoes and socks. Denna kicked off her shoes and tied up her skirts, then she ran to the stream until the water rose past her knees. Do you know the secret of stones? she asked as she reached into the water. The hem of her dress dipped into the stream, but she seemed unconcerned. What secret is that? She drew up a smooth, dark stone from the stream bed and held it out to me. Come see. I finished cuffing up my pants and made my way into the water. She held up the dripping stone. If you hold it in your hand and listen to it. She did so, closing her eyes. She stood still for a long moment, her face turned upward like a flower. I was drawn to kiss her, but I resisted. Finally, she opened her dark eyes. They smiled at me. If you listen close enough, it will tell you a story. What story did it tell you? I asked. Once there was a boy who came to the water, Dennis said. This is the story of a girl who came to the water with the boy. They talked, and the boy threw the stones as if casting them away from himself. The girl didn't have any stones, so the boy gave her some. Then she gave herself to the boy, and he cast her away, as he would a stone, unmindful of any falling she might feel. I was quiet for a moment, not sure if she was done. It's a sad stone, then. She kissed the stone and dropped it, watching as it settled to the sand. No, not sad, but it was thrown once. It knows the feel of motion. It has trouble staying the way most stones do. It takes the offer that the water makes and moves sometimes. She looked up at me and gave a guileless smile. When it moves, it thinks about the boy. That's the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. I have questions. Is Okay, so Denna is the rock. But is the first boy quoth before? Does Quoth feel like De- Denna, like he abandoned Denna the first time they met? I think that the boy in this story is the the source of all Denna's trauma around men. <laughs> no, I think that this is this is about Quoth. I firmly agree with Jordana here that this is her way of kind of broaching the subject of her hurt. That she actually did feel that she opened up to him, and he cast her away. And this kind of leads me into my question, which is, is she working him? What does that mean? Is she like manipulating him for some reason? Yeah, is she like throughout this, she's so charming, right? And she becomes even more charming and like overtly sexy and flirty. And again, they haven't addressed the problem and they talking as easily as if there'd never been a thing between us, but sunlight and spring air. I assume that means like, none of the problems between them or does that mean like talking like they're strangers there was enough for anything between them period i think it means talking 
uh, as though there had never been like a fight that they had. So is that, sorry, just let me finish my thought, Jeremy. Is there, does that mean then that she is like, she's, this is the charm that she turns on when she is working a mark? I don't feel like she's manipulating him. I think if she is talking about their fight through the metaphor of this story about the boy and the stone and the girl and the stone and all that, then I think it actually reveals something much kind of more melancholy and sad. Cause then I, to me, that means that she's saying I'm not sad because like I was, I was hurt. I'm not sad about it anymore, but I, I know that I can expect this kind of treatment. And I think about it. I can't discount the possibility that you might hurt me again. And I think about it a lot. And I think that is like almost all but overt based on what we know about her and what she invested in Quoth and, and how Quoth behaved. I think that is the read. And like the fact that it is melancholy is, is very like, it is very melancholy. It is very sad and, and honest and it makes me think well of her. I think one of the things on this read that is the most relevatory for me is that I think well of Denna on previous reads, I found her, you know, inscrutable and frustrating. But on this read, she's much more transparent, I suppose, or at least she it's it's easier to feel empathy for her and see things from her point of view. And that read that this is her way of, of being honest with Quoth and articulating what you just articulated, Jeremy, is a very, yeah, like melancholy summation of that. And the fact that she can't or won't honestly address her feelings with him is also very sad. Like what exactly has happened to her? What has her life been like to make her so guarded? And I, that's just a rhetorical question. I don't know. Food for thought. Denna has a hard time just being straightforward about her feelings, and this is the closest she can get if she is, in fact, talking about herself and her feelings about Quoth. But I do confess that I I personally would not, I, like Quoth, would not know that that's what she was getting at here, and I would not understand that that's what she was doing. Uh, so maybe... That's just the, the pitfall of not being able to say what's on your mind. Yeah. It's a shame that there is a, there's a gap here because the next couple lines I think are very telling. Mm. Um, if you'll indulge me, I will break the rule and I will read them. Uh, Quoth says, I didn't know what to make of the story. So I tried to change the subject. How did you learn to listen to stones? You'd be amazed the things you hear. If only you take time to listen. <laughs> so that's, a <laughs> bit, that's a bit pointed. <laughs> It is, but also if someone's not, if you're speaking in riddles and someone's not getting the riddles, then you have to stop speaking in riddle. That's also a fair point. You can't get mad at someone for not understanding you if you're not speaking plainly. I guess I am on Dennis' side here because, you know, she. I think she's afraid that Quoth is not worth, like, she She had spoken plainly to Quoth before. Probably he was one of the few people that he ever she ever felt comfortable speaking plainly to. And... And he ruined he, it. Yeah, he she feels that he betrayed that trust. And now this is as close as she can get comfortably to speaking truth to him. That's how I kind of read this. Uh, I, I I totally get where you're coming from. I just still think that, you know, I'm sorry to say, you know, you can't expect people to be mind readers. No, but also I think like Denna's character of like, and, and by that, I mean the character that she affects of kind of the... Uh, you know the inscrutable 
uh, speaks in riddles, uh, charmer, I think would not ever speak earnestly about her needs and wants, right? That would, that would be breaking kayfabe. Sure. And that's part of their tragedy, right? Mm -hmm. Is so much of their relationship is mediated through the, the people they feel they have to pretend to be the, the sort of masks they have to put on in order to like have a conversation with each other. And as you said, so eloquently some episodes ago, if you want someone to fall in love with you, you just have to love yourself and be the kind of person that is worth loving. The last thing I want to point out is that there's a graystone here. Yeah. I don't know why it's important, but I like that it's here. Yeah, same. I don't know why it's important, but it's important. You know, graystones are, they seem like they are, what was it he said way back there? Like where you go when you start a journey or something like that, or they mark, I think now there's a fair bit of evidence that they mark places where like, the seams between worlds are a bit weaker or something like that. Um, but they just Perhaps seem like he they're... goes here to make the seams between their worlds a bit weaker so that they may communicate better with one another and then fails. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> Oh shit. What? No, that's just like, that's very insightful and, and poignant. Well, they're Thank important you. to him. That's the other thing is that like, this is a special place. To him, because Greystones remind him of his family. Is there a safe place to stop on the road? Exactly. They were a special thing that his family thought well of. And so this is a special place to him for that reason. And like, it's kind of a chicken or an egg thing, but I feel like a lot of his important conversations and important conversations with Denna happen in the presence of a Greystone. Yeah. Because th- this isn't even the only one in the environs of Imra and the university. Reasonable. Listeners, we will continue to be reasonable on tomorrow's page. Of the way.